time for sex, the podcast. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sexist isn't good enough. No, time for, time for sex. Hey there, everyone. Erica Miley here. Sorry about the time off. I know I let you all know that we were moving, so we took some time off after we decided to move across the country, which I have to tell you is absolutely no joke and takes so much mental and physical energy of all kinds. It feels like we have done this gigantic thing and we're all pretty exhausted by it. Now, that being said, we're back, back for weekly episodes. You can expect them on Thursdays. That is my game plan for the next however long. (laughs) So this episode is about saving a marriage before it needs saving. So I do a lot of work with couples and either married, unmarried. I work with polyamorous folks. I I work with lots of different versions of relationship. And the thing is, a lot of the issues of conflict are similar. So I thought, you know what, this would be an excellent opportunity to talk about what can we do for preventative care for a relationship. In one of the Facebook groups I belong to, we were talking about the marriage slump. Or sometimes I hear couples talk about this or people in relationship talk about this is like when the honeymoon period has ended and some of those patterns of conflict or patterns of behavior, the things that we do all the time start to really come up and those patterns of resentment start to build. So the first thing I really want to encourage all of you to do is go to couples counseling. Now this sounds like something like, oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds awful. (laughs) But here's the thing. There's actually a lot of research to suggest that if you go to couples counseling before things get bad, because oftentimes what happens is couples and relationships wait until everything is so bad they can't handle it anymore. So then they call me or then they call one of my colleagues. And Oftentimes, I see couples that see couples counseling as almost like taking a vitamin or doing like preventative medicine, like a checkup. I see them have a lot less of that buildup. It's more, it looks much more like they let a little steam out of the teapot a little at a time. So things don't build up so much over time. So first and foremost, that's my plug for couples counseling. Go before it gets bad. Go before you are so defensive and you are so full of resentment for your significant other that you just don't feel like there's anything that can be done. Because if we can get to it before that, we can make a better roadmap, essentially, for what might be to come. Now, the next thing is, is that oftentimes people in relationship believe that fights come from like big stuff, like money, sex, children. It's not to say fights don't come from those places, 
but Dr. John Gottman, who has done tons of research on relationships, if you're ever interested in his work, you can definitely look it up, especially the seven principles of making a marriage work is a really wonderful overview of that research and what he's found and what helps people become better at their relationship. Now, back to fighting. Oftentimes, people are not fighting about those big things. They're typically fighting about absolutely nothing. (laughs) They're fighting about the smallest things. Those are the things that seem to cause the blow-ups. Like someone has left their underwear on the bathroom floor for the last time, or they have done something like left something out of the refrigerator or didn't feel like the person was listening to them when they were talking to them about making dinner. Whatever the case may be, typically what couples are fighting about is nothing. So based on that, those instances of fighting about nothing build up over time, kind of like what we, what I said a, a few minutes ago, that resentment builds. And that's when people end up in my offices that builds over time and then they wait until the very end to come to a place where, oh, okay, we need to do this differently. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about, I think I mentioned some of this when I talked about sex and conflict. I want to encourage you to look at how you interact and look at the percentages of how many positive and negative interactions you have with your significant others. The Gottman Institute talks about the magic ratio, which is roughly five to one. So five positive interactions to one negative interaction. I want you to take a look at your relationship. I want you to take a look, take a step back and say, okay, how does my relationship operate? How many positive interactions do I have with my person? How do many negative interactions do I have with my person? Is the ratio throughout the day a little wonky? More than likely, it probably is. (laughs) Many of us spend a lot of time in our own heads with our own stuff. And a lot of the percentage of time that we actually have for openness to another person is pretty small. And that's not including just the romantic relationship in our life. That's most of the people we interact with. We do not have a lot of bandwidth in our mind for others. And we would love as people to believe that we have lots of bandwidth for all kinds of things. But in reality, we really don't. So that being said, making sure that that percentage of time that you actually do reserve for the people in your life that you love, understanding that those interactions, making them more positive than negative, they count. So one of the ways to do that is, you know, this is one of the things I work on with couples is learning to come from a place of repair before the repair needs to happen. So learning how to understand how the four horsemen work, which is criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Each one of them, every single one of us does at some place, sometime in our in our relationships. And learning how to come from a place of repair comes from looking at each one of them, understanding which one you use more often, and 
learning how to diffuse it before the fight. Now, I'll give an example. So with criticism, criticism often looks like tearing someone down, that critique that, of course, I use the word critique in telling you the definition of criticism, but (laughs) criticism is essentially like you are not enough. And one of those ways that you can defend or repair before the fight is trying to use a gentle startup, learning how to be able to say, I feel this way when this thing happens. So identifying your own responsibility in an argument can really change the tide of how an argument plays out. Because guess what? We all have responsibility in every interaction that we have with other people. We have responsibility for ourselves and the person you're speaking to has responsibility. If you can say, you know, I take responsibility for the way that I said that. I take responsibility for my tone of voice, how that came across to you. This is what my intention was. So if you can take some responsibility, that also helps with the next part of the horseman, which is defensiveness, being backed into a corner, feeling like you cannot get out, and then striking back because you feel like you're backed into a corner. So making sure that you are taking responsibility can help you through both of those. Taking responsibility can help you through criticism and defensiveness. Now, The next part, contempt in particular, is a tricky one. Contempt can look a lot of different ways. It's not just words. Contempt can look like an eye roll, which is something that I know is something many people do when they're irritated. And basically, the eye roll is one of those most common ways to show the other person you're speaking to that, you know what, I don't really care about what you're saying. I'm just going to roll my eyes and move on. Contempt is a tricky one. One of the ways to be able to combat contempt is within your relationship, building a culture of appreciation. Now, that sounds like a lot. That sounds like a whole lot of effort, if you ask me. What I mean by that is that from the beginning of the relationship, learning how to identify how each of you feel seen by the other person. So that could be like, oh, I appreciate it when you do the laundry. Or I appreciate it when you make the list for grocery shopping. When you can break down small moments between you, between whoever's in the relationship, that can really change the tide of the direction. So for instance, You have an argument the previous day about trying to create an event for the family or trying for everyone to be organized for an event. If you start from the beginning of that conversation with some appreciation, how the end of that conversation happens will look different than if you don't. For instance... I appreciate that you want all of us to have fun and that you were willing to take on the bulk of the planning this event or the planning of our calendar. And then talk about the next piece for the irritation or however that looks. If you have the ability to show even small moments of appreciation, it really helps to 
take the pain or the the air out of that overly filled balloon. Now, to the next one, stonewalling. Stonewalling is a very common form of interacting within conflict. It's that basically I'm not going to participate at all. It's not the walking away and coming back to the argument. That is not stonewalling. Stonewalling is when you will no longer hear what any of the person is saying and you walk away without ever having a resolution. One of the things that people can do when they experience this is actually physiologically soothing yourself. So oftentimes when we're in the midst of conflict, when we're in the midst of a fight with our significant other, we are in that threat mode. We are in the mode of fight or flight or freeze. For as much as we have evolved as people, we still respond to things that not only traumatizing, but things that cause us fear the same way we would respond to having a real threat in the room, like say there was a cheetah. So if your physiology is responding to your significant other as if there is a predator in the room, you're not going to get a lot done. And more than likely, you're going to say something you really don't want to say. So sometimes something that I tell my couples, I tell my friends this, my husband and I both practice this, is we take a 20-minute break. Sometimes people are like, oh, a timeout. There's that eye rolling, right? There's the contempt for that. (laughs) A 20-minute break is actually backed up by research. It takes roughly 20 minutes for your body to process those threat chemicals. So the stress chemicals, the, the hormones that run through your body so that you can run, play dead, or fight back. So it takes 20 minutes for your body to process them. So if it takes that long, you need that amount of time to be able to get your brain access back. So for you to be able to use that wonderful prefrontal cortex that really is our logic manager, for you to be able to have the fight that you wanted to have, to be able to get your point across in a logical way and not fueled by all of those hormones way... (laughs) You need that 20 minutes. You absolutely need that 20 minutes. So taking that 20 minutes and then coming back. So oftentimes what I have some of my couples try and do is using an egg timer. I know that's kind of old school, or you could tell Siri to set a timer for you. (laughs) However that looks for you, set a timer for 20 minutes and then come back to the conversation. You're more likely able to handle what is in front of you if you've actually done some physiological self-soothing. That is really, really, really important. So I've kind of hit you with a whole lot all at once. How does this relate to sex? That's one of the big questions I'm sure many of you are asking. Relationship is hard and it is even more difficult to engage in a sexual relationship if you are constantly fighting, if you are only seeing each other through a negative lens. It is not an easy thing to then have a sexual relationship. So that's why I think that it's important to think about saving a relationship before it needs saving, before you get to that point that says, you know what? We're going to call it quits. That's it. I can't do this anymore. I want to see you in my office or I want to see you online 
before that happens. Because guess what? We are not given in our culture and not even for a minute are we given instruction on how to have healthy relationships or fight fair. We're not taught to do that. So it's okay to go to a third party and say, hey, we don't know how to do this. We don't know how to have these conversations when we feel so physically challenged or we feel so physically triggered by one another because of how we were raised. It's funny because oftentimes people will go like, I don't want to talk about that childhood crap. Well, here's the thing. How we develop our way of having conflict with one another comes from how we grow up. Our caregivers are big models for how we do or do not do conflict. So being able to slow yourself down, get an outside opinion, come see someone like myself, be able to talk through some of these conflicts that seem to have no end. I know me and I know my colleagues would rather help you before things get so bad than waiting for it to be the end of it. So if you are interested at all in becoming one of my clients, I would be happy to chat with you, especially if you are a Washington State resident. You can get in contact with me at erica at ericamiley.com. That's E-R-I-K-A at ericamiley.com. You can also, I think I'm on all the social medias, all of them. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at ericamileytherapy. You can also check out my website, which is ericamiley.com. Also, I would love to answer your questions. Shoot me a message. If you have a question that is relationship or sexuality related, I'd love to answer them. I hope to hear from you all soon. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for listening, folks. Please rate and review on iTunes. It helps this podcast get found. If you leave a five-star review, let me know about it on any social media, and I'll shout you out on the podcast. You can find my website at ericamiley.com. You can find me on Facebook, the gram, and Twitter. See y'all next time.